0: Muck Delivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Welcome
2: to Rob Ryan Red. A Rexham FC podcast by Nathan Salt and Rich Faye, bringing you all the latest views, news, and interviews from around the race course. Now, if you're new around here, make sure to subscribe. But enough of that, let's get on with the show.
0: Hello, welcome to the latest episode of Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham AFC podcast, brought to you by myself, Rich Fay, and by Nathan Salt. And today is a very special occasion for us. It marks the 50th podcast that we have recorded, and we thought what better way to celebrate than by bringing you another special guest. Well, it was either this or a garden party. Bring your own booze, FYI. Yeah, Jamie Tolly this week, and what a fascinating interview this is. Let's say... Well, he calls it unfiltered. It's very unconventional compared to the last few. He lifts the lid on what it's like being a Wales under-21 international, the dressing room at Wrexham during his time at the club, and lots of stories about what happened away from the pitch as well. Nath, you sorted this interview out. What can we expect?
2: Yeah, Rich, it's certainly unfiltered. We'll, we'll go with that for sure. Um. it' One of the funniest hours I've had in terms of the conversations we've had. All the guests have been brilliant in their own way. But this one was just complete, utter bonkersness, if that's a word. I don't know if it is. Um, completely bonkers. And I really think everyone will enjoy it. There's a God. There's a bit in there about everything. But he ends up with his clothes off quite a lot of times. And there's also one story about after the Brighton replay at the race course, which it was quite sad, but it made me laugh a lot. So without further ado... Sit back, enjoy, maybe get that booze you got the garden party, as Rich said, and enjoy what I'm going to call the Jamie Tolley experience. As we said then in the intro, Jamie Tolley, 50th episode, we've managed to get uh, one of the most highly requested former players. So we had Chiz on, didn't we, for our first guest, Adrian Chizlovich, who else we had on from that kind of. Brighton Brentford era. We had Curtis Obbing and we've got Jamie Toy. Jamie, thanks for coming on, mate. Firstly, then Wrexham. Your memories about Wrexham must be plenty of fond ones you can pick pick from.
3: Yeah, yeah, I had a I had a great time there. Funny enough, it it started a bit apprehensive with the the Shrewsbury Wrexham rivalry, uh, but once once I got settled in and uh, the fans were great with me, which which surprised me to be honest because it was. Uh, it was a, a pretty brutal uh, rivalry that that we had, uh, but yeah, I had a great time there. Some uh, some great games are played in. Uh, we we looking back, we obviously were very unlucky not to win the league the season because I don't I don't think anyone's uh, got that number of points and not won the league. Uh, it was just Fleetwood had this this amazing team and obviously a striker that. Has gone on to do amazing things in the Premier League.
2: Yeah, well, as we kind of work our way through and and kind of get to that that really just you know bits it's like that's kind of clinging to us like a like a bad shadow that's just you know yeah. hanging out about a, a black cloud that's over us. But you know, you obviously join us coming from Hereford and and really since Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury. I was, I was reading about you know you're the youngest player to come on. You made your debut there when you were 16, was it? In in terms of you know the yeah. youngest ever player.
3: Yeah, it was. I've, I think I've still got that to this day, to be honest. But uh, mm. yeah, it was. It was a funny old time because uh, obviously I've grown up in Ludlow, uh, which is it's only a small town, small place. Uh, and then Shrewsbury was was probably Shrewsbury, Hereford was our our biggest local teams. And then the chance to to join them, I finished school in the, did my exams in the May, uh, and then I was making my debut a few only a few months later in the first team. So it was, a, it was all a, a big whirlwind. To be honest, it, it was probably a whirlwind for three, three four years because I was, I was supposed to be going here, there and everywhere uh, at the time. Uh, there, was, there was loads of bids that were accepted then rejected. Uh, I was supposed to go to Leeds in the David O'Leary, David O'Leary uh, era. Uh, that fell through there was there was loads of loads of different things uh but yeah it was it was a total whirlwind and uh looking back in hindsight there's things i would I would have liked to have done differently, but <laughs> I think that's the beauty of hindsight
2: yeah you're a teenager hearing all this noise about you know people are telling you how great you are and you're gonna get this move and that move and it's actually quite a lot you know as an older player, you can obviously look at the younger lads and see that for that is quite a lot to deal with. And we're seeing, you know, yeah. 15, 16-year-olds yeah, yeah. now in these big teams getting games. So, you know, obviously at Shrewsbury, you leave there and you kind of, you you end up, you, you spent a bit of time at Macclesfield, didn't you, there? And, and that well, was that was under Paul Ince, was it, for a bit? Or maybe not when yeah. you signed, but under Paul Ince for a little bit there.
3: Yeah, it was, uh Brian Horton was the manager, the ex-Man mm-hmm. City gaffer. Uh But he tried to sign me a couple of times at Port Vale before and then I pretty much got forced to go to uh, Macclesfield at the time. the The manager at Shrewsbury wouldn't let me go into a league above, so he he put the blockers on that. Uh, so he forced me to go to Macclesfield, and I just wanted to get out at the time to mm. to play football. So yeah, I joined there. Brian Horton. He got he got the sack. Funny enough, six months I think six months into to me being there, so I got in the sack, <laughs> and then. And then I think Ian Brightwell took over, x man mm-hmm. City player. He took over for a short while, and then yeah, uh, Paul Ince came in, which was which was a great like I loved that because I'm a United fan, uh, always been a United fan, and Paul Ince was always on my shirt growing up as a kid. So uh, when he came in, it was it was incredible. Uh, I had a great time. We had a good we had a good bunch of lads, uh, but he brought in with with him for the first few months. He brought in. Uh, Ian Wright to work with mm. the forwards, uh, and he brought in uh, Gary Pallister to work with the defenders. So it was uh, it was a crazy time to be honest, because we were bottom of the league, and we had these superstars coming in, training training us, training with us. So, but it worked because we uh, we went on a mad run of games, uh, and obviously stayed up that season.
2: Uh, you, you know, fast forwarding a little bit, you obviously spend a, a time at Hereford that. Maybe isn't not the the fondest period in your career. You you come to Wrexham yeah. on trial initially. You, yeah. You come on trial. What's it like at that point when you know you've you've played hundred plus games at Shrewsbury and you're you're coming to having to prove yourself. You're not this sixteen year old anymore. Do you sort yeah. of remember that, that that those early days at, at kind of coming in having to impress Dean Saunders?
3: Yeah, it is. Yeah, like you say, it is. It is a a funny feeling because you see. You see You look at yourself and you think, well, like you say, I've played over probably 150 games at the time. And you're thinking you should know what I'm about, really. But I guess that's just football. Uh, I hadn't played much football at Hereford for one reason and another. I won't go into that too much. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I hadn't played much football there. So it it was understandable. I I knew that that would probably be the situation. And I just obviously am confident in myself. So I was happy to go in and and just obviously prove that I could still kick a ball around and uh, if if he was willing to give me a chance and it would it would be hopefully worthwhile.
2: Uh, had, had someone put in a, a word for you? Had I read that because you, you knew sort of Neil Ashton before, didn't you? And, and he was already there. Had, had there kind of been? Had someone maybe mentioned you to yeah. Saunders in his ear? Did he know much about you when you got there?
3: Uh, well, obviously from the Wales uh, connection because sure. I played. Played for Wales a, a number of times. So I'd, I think it was, I think, 13 caps or some, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and luckily, I'd had a first team call up as well. So he'd been in and around that. So we'd crossed paths before. Uh, but yeah, the agent that I had at the time, uh, I'm not a big fan of agents, by the way. So no, the guy I had at the time, he was uh, working with Dean in, in some. Uh, outside of football, with some money scheme or something, and uh, he'd spoke to Dean, and obviously Ashi had spoke to him and, and said, "Oh, get him in, get him in, get him, get him games and get him playing." So yeah, I went in, and uh, I did a few days training, played in a game. Funny enough, uh, Poggs was playing. We played in like a trial game, and Poggs was playing for Berry at the time on trial at Berry. So, me and him, obviously, I played for and Pogs played for Berry, Uh, and we played in this trial game, and then the gaffer was, was like, oh, we're going to Aberystwyth for, uh, I think it was four days, five days, or something like that as a training thing. Do you want to come? So, I said, yeah, great. And, yeah, I went there, and then I think we were having a pint after one of the games, and the uh, Team <laughs> Saunders just went round, the lads, as we were having a pint, and just said, right, who says Toll should stay then? And just like that, and uh, luckily for me, all the lads turned around and went, "Yep, yep, 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 yep." So he said, "Right, sorted. You stay in," and that was it. That was it.
2: <laughs> that, that, yes. That's such a classic. That's such a classic Saunders story. I mean, there's, there's yeah. always this. There's always this talk. Aberystwyth, sort of like an urban legend among Rex, yeah. you know, When they go on these little tours, and yeah. uh, you know, you speak to players, maybe when they've turned the microphone off, and they tell you a little yeah. bit more about Aberystwyth. But it's, it's it was. Yeah. I'll say it was a fun place for pre season and uh, you know, letting loose a little bit the players. We'll say that, shall we?
3: Yeah, yeah, was, I don't know how much I can say on here, yeah? but the the lads the lads that have probably asked you to ask you to ask me to come on are probably a bit nervous to be honest, and what I'll say because I've got no filter. <laughs> but uh yeah, it was it was a crazy pre season trip. But I guess in a weird sort of way, because mad stuff went on and, and crazy things happened, it it brings like the the team together as, as such, there was a, I always remember there was a, when we went out, there was some of that went on like a, a scuffle with a group of local with guys, but it brought all the team together. It was like, well, if one's going, then the whole team's going. So it, it, it kind of worked out, worked out well in a, in a weird way.
2: <laughs> there, was some, there was some tough nuts in that team. I wouldn't want to be the with locals that would, uh, that were taking on some of our lot. at that Yeah. Time.
3: Yeah, cuz it well, I just remember Jay Harris just went in on his own. And it and was you, and we in, in,
2: in classic Jay Harris style. He just doesn't he's kind of like this just a Rottweiler that needs no one needs to yeah. back up, you know what I mean? The guard dog yeah, that can just guard the race course yeah. on his own.
3: Yeah. Um, and it was a uh, yeah, he he just he just went in guns blazing and then obviously uh the lads had to follow suit. But yeah, it, like I say it, it it brought us all together and it, when we came back it was like we had this little bond, and, it, and uh, it worked well for that season.
2: What I mean, I was going to ask this later, but what were your kind of early impressions of of Pogba at, at that point? You know, kind of a real maverick of a player, you know, really unorthodox. Yeah. And I think years before, you kind of had people talk about Hector Sam, you know, and that the kind of same, yeah. same kind of terms about being totally unorthodox, camp or some yeah. worldy out, but. What was yeah. he like? And just you'd, you'd seen him obviously in the trial game, and quite a different yeah. different character from what we normally get at non-league.
3: Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, well, I'd been lucky enough to be around his brother uh, up in Manchester, uh, so I, I'd kind of been around his brother on nights out and stuff, and and seen him round. But when when I played in that trial game, I just remember thinking the the strength that he had. It was it, it was insane. And then when he when he signed for us. Uh, like you say, we had a couple of rough lads and strong lads. I, th- I think it was Scott, uh, Scott Shearer, the goalkeeper. Big, mm. big, big guy. And him and Pogs had a little wrestling match the one time and it was Pogs threw him around like a rag doll. Shears, Shears will hate me for saying that, but he he literally threw him around like a rag doll. So we were all thinking that, like you say, he could one minute he could pull the ball out of the air and onto his toe but then the next minute, he'd bounce off his knee and go out for a throw-in. He, he was just like you say, like a maverick type of player. Just could I loved playing with him, me personally. Mm. I I, loved, I thought he was a great kid. I loved loved the guy that he was. But yeah, he was he was he was great to have in your team.
2: You see a lot of of you're talking about Paul there on, on that side. You see a lot of his personality, free spirit, kind of fun, loving, a bit of a yeah. joker off the pitch was that how matthias was i mean I, I i kind of don't remember too much about his off pitch personality at the time but he was obviously a cult hero just because pogba and
3: yeah big yeah. striker
2: what was he like just in the dressing room in the team around the place
3: yeah he was he was really funny you know he was uh he used to travel in with us obviously coming from manchester and me going out in town he'd often say oh can i come out can can i bring me brother out his his twin so uh yeah, we used to go out in Manchester. He loved dancing, just like his, just like his brother. They just danced all the time. So they were, uh, he was, he was a really, really good kid, and uh, had a lot of good times with him. Obviously, in football and outside of football, but uh, always smiling, always positive, but really good dancer, <laughs> really good dancer. <laughs>
2: Let's let's take it back then. You've you've signed on at Wrexham. You've had that episode in the pub in Aberystwyth. They've they've all agreed you can stay. What were your early impressions of the club? Obviously, you'd you'd spent a long time at Shrewsbury. There's that natural probably trepidation among what's it going to be like with the fans. The rivalry is quite clear between the two. But and I mean we're biased obviously on here. But Wrexham's a big club, big stadium. I mean, what did you make of it? I think you know the, the the training ground at the time that we were using. Yeah, yeah. No, it, was, it, was Premier, it was Premier League standard, international yeah. standard, you know, Champions League teams, we wanted to yeah. use it. So what did you make of it first off?
3: Uh, well, literally as soon as I'd spoke to Dean and I'd gone to the training ground, I, I obviously knew with the training ground because of the we connection that we played behind closed doors games at, at uh, Wrexham's training ground, which ended up in fight after fight, which was, made, which was a, a whole new podcast we could do on them games. But, yeah, so I knew, I knew the training ground was amazing. Obviously, I'd seen that. I think it was uh, when Man United were in the Champions League, that was mm. it Barcelona that went there to, to train? or I think it was someone, something like that.
2: Something like yeah, that, yeah. Uh,
3: so I knew that it was, it was top-notch. Obviously, it's a sleeping giant, Wrexham itself, football-wise. So it was, just, it was just wanting to be part of this team that could get back into the league, give the fans what they wanted. So what? Once I joined, it was, it was that was the goal, just to get this club back in the league.
2: One of the well, obviously, every time your name comes up, people talk about the FA Cup for obvious reasons. But when you sort of go back to the beginning of when you joined, not long after, um, well, sort of say not long after mid-season, before kind of we we go down to Brighton, there was an unbelievable result which I completely forgotten about, and you won't thank me for reminding me about this, but you did score in it. We scored twice. And we conceded seven um, against Gateshead at home, and it's one of the, one of the most shocking results we've had at home. Yeah. You you came off the bench, I think you came on at half time. Yeah, um, and we lost seven two. And there was so that so that game came to mind, and there was another one where I think you scored again, and we played Histon and they brought no away fans. So there's random like quirky games that yeah. I remember. Um, yeah. You know, kind of at the start of that season, did you obviously ten eleven? We're talking about now the first instance. Did you sort of think, right? We've got a squad here that can win it all, can go all the way, or maybe you were thinking maybe we were a bit short. Now, you got hindsight, but uh, what do you think at the time?
3: I, I probably was looking at the guys, thinking we we could we could push, we could do something here. We had we had a number of good players, uh, some great characters in there, which always helps. Especially in the lower leagues, you want, you want big characters, you want strong characters, you want a good uh, team in the dressing room. So, at the time, I was thinking we could, we, could, we could pretty much beat anyone. I don't think the league, bar the top, I don't know, 10, 12 teams, if you can, get it, if you can beat those teams nine times out of 10, you'll, you'll be at the top come the end of the season. So yeah, it was it was just a matter of everything clicking in, and if everything clicked into place, I, I thought that we'd we'd go on to do uh, good things that season. But like you say, those games, I think Andre Andre Gray played in that that Histon one. I think he,
2: um, I think he might have done. I think he. Oh, I yeah. can't really remember. But yes, it, it, the the Histon one was odd because, like you say, they they brought nobody. Obviously, they brought no yeah. fans. It was like really bizarre. I think we, we ended up winning it four 0 or something. Um, yeah. But when, when when you think about your your name coming up and the midfield, especially in the non-league era that Wrexham have had, you look at yeah. yourself, Jay Harris, Dean Keats. I mean, that was quite a, a trio, wasn't it, to have? I mean, they're the yeah. unbelievable, all, all unbelievable ball players that were tough as well. Like the three of yeah. you were, were tough. You, you'd put in
3: a tackle, especially Jay. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> to be fair, I get I get overlooked with that one, mate. I don't know if it's because you of my think? hair. Yeah, like people didn't people now who I work with. Who obviously isn't football? They don't believe that I was like a tough tackling midfielder. They they like they take the Mickey all the time. And say, nah, I'm not having that. But yeah, it it was. We had some as well as good football players. We had some nasty lads. Not in not in the nasty, <clears> as in horrible way, but nasty tackles. They they would look after each other. They look after themselves. Uh, which, like I said, in in the lower leagues, I truly believe you you need them players. Otherwise. You'll just get rolled over by certain teams, but we could we could pretty much do it all. What whatever whatever team turned up to play us, if if they were a a tackling dirty team, long ball team, we could cope with that. If if it was a Luton where they wanted to play football, then we could do that. So it was a it was a good group we had.
2: Yeah, I was just looking at that team. Some some of the names, and they're talking about some of the characters. I mean, obviously, a lot. It's amazing to see what Chris Maxwell's done now. Obviously, gone on and climbed yeah. the leagues. But, but you're talking characters. I can't. I'd, it'd be remiss of me to not mention Marvin Andrews at centre back, who, who just is one of the in the nicest possible ways. Just one has one of the craziest LinkedIn profiles I think I've ever seen in my life. He's just like the happiest yeah. man on earth. He's up there for on the happiness scale. I mean, you, you kind of had him in there, Sinclair in there. When we look back now, I mean, it's, you know, kind of some great names that maybe some of the younger fans, uh, maybe aren't yeah, familiar with. I mean, know. you know, just just yeah. a kind of word on, yeah, Marvin's a, a a great guy, though, isn't he? Kind of a an odd yeah. one. Who's, yeah, you know, I'd love to get on it. I'd love to get him on it. It'd Be brilliant.
3: Yeah, he 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 just, I don't He just brought this positivity, which is like no other. Which in all the all the teams I've played in, all the lads that I've worked with, I've I've never seen a guy like it. I don't know. Uh, where he gets it from, but it was every day was like that, where he'd come in singing, he'd, he'd do anything. It was, it was brilliant the way he was. And then you had like Frank, who was obviously done everything in the game pretty much, but still loved his football, still wanted to come in. Both of them really, both really successful in the game, but still wanted to come in and, and do a job and wanted to win things. And there was no, there was no sort of, oh, they're just here to get paid. They were coming in to do a job, and it was uh, it was great to be around them. Great to be around Frank. I would, I knew Frank before from obviously mm-hmm. Manchester, because I don't know whether you know Frank loved the night out. So uh... <laughs> he, he, he did, I, I
2: I didn't want to say it. I mean, you said it for me. It's uh, we've we've done well over the years in terms of getting players coming from Manchester, and you hear all these carpool stories about um, you know kind of players pulling in together. I mean, you must have some good carpool stories in terms of. The kind of the drives yeah. into to Colliers.
3: Yeah, yeah. We will our our car school was uh self pogs jumped in on the odd one when he signed, but Keatsy, uh Curtis and Frank. So we had uh we had Bloody a mix. Yeah, Bloody really hell, what a mix that, that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we uh there there'd be many times where we we'd be on our way home and Frank would be like, "Oh, should we, should we meet up in town? Should we meet up in town?" So we go, "Yeah, we'll just have, we'll just have a quiet one, Frank." So we we meet up. I think there was one that we said we'll meet up, and there was a beach theme at this club that Frank knew. So we said, "Yeah, we'll come for a few drinks, Frank." Next minute, Frank turns up with about ten bottles of rose just plonked all over the place, hula bands. We ended up, we ended up with no trousers on. It. Oh, it was it was mental. But we'd only popped out for a few drinks. But that was. That was the car school.
2: <laughs> I, I feel like I've just got to throw my my generic notes out the window here. When you sort of you're ending up with hula bands and 10 balls of rosé, yeah. no trousers on. What, I, yeah. what can I? What can I do with that? I'm not I any for that sort of thing.
3: <laughs> it was uh, there's there's plenty more I could say, mate, on a, on a different one. But uh, yeah, it was it, we had a we had a great group of lads. It was a, it was a good. We had Keatsy, who was who played Mister Sensible but wasn't, I can assure you he wasn't. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was a really, really fun time, really good journey in. And a, like I say, a, a good group of guys. We
2: heard we, the first guest we had on was, was Chiz. And, and he spoke a lot about, um, you know, the player house and uh, kind of living with Joss Maeve and, and what it was like playing, yeah. playing under Dean Saunders. What did you make of, of- Dean Saunders and just his management style, because I know again, maybe your colleagues, maybe they need to listen to this. But I can remind them about how you were as a player. But you know, you yeah. were quite outspoken. I think that's fair to say in the dressing room. Yeah. you would, you would speak uh-huh. your mind. You know, maybe you know, kind of, you would, you would be one of the more vocal ones. You think Ashy Ash, would always speak his mind. Yeah, uh-huh. and as we know, Keatsy went on to to be a manager. I'm sure again, yeah. he was quite vocal. So, yeah, you know, was there any was there any butting heads? I know we did well in that season, finishing fourth. But you know, kind of, did it did it come to any sort of disagreements because you're quite you know you you do kind of speak your mind
3: yeah yeah there was there was plenty uh we had we had plenty of uh disagreements even amongst the lads we we'd always uh like you say because there was them them characters and I'd always say my bit they'd always say their bit so yeah there, there was some times where it would be close to coming to blows or whatever but that was that's like the era that I grew up in where that was what happened in the dressing room. You, there was often where it did come to blows, but it stayed in the dressing room. It never got mm-hmm. leaked to, to press like it does now. It's 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 like a totally different game now to when to when I was playing. But yeah, there was there was some times where Dean would go would go mental, and uh, and his uh, even his assistant Brian, he would he would join in as well. But I I think that. As a manager, they they liked the players that came back at them with an opinion because it shows, in my opinion, it shows that it, you care about what's what's going on and you're not just one of them players that's going to sit there and and just be a a nodding dog pretty much. So there was a few times that, but I I love Dean. Uh, I thought he was I thought he was brilliant. He's one of the funniest guys I've I've ever come across. There was one that stands out in my head, which is which isn't an argument, but it was. It was the time where uh we had all the money problems at Wrexham and it was on about the fans taking over. So uh so we've come in for tra- we've come in for training at, at the training ground, and all the lads are worried, especially, especially the lads obviously with mortgages, kids, uh pestering wives, all this stuff. So they were they were uptight. It was it was a quite a tense situation at the training ground at the time. And uh I remember we've come out and Dean said, listen, lads, we'll have a meeting out and we'll, we'll all get together. We'll, we'll have a meeting because it's about being together and, and getting through this tough time. So we, he called this meeting and we were chatting and the lads were going, well, Gaffa, I've got, I've got a mortgage. I've got, some of them had two houses or whatever they, they needed to, the money needs to know when the money was coming in. So Dean just said, whoa, 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 lads. He said, I, I know exactly what, what you're feeling. He said, I went to the bank uh, the other day, and I'm down to my last two million. <laughs> so we, we were all stood there. I, I I thought that was hilarious. I was crying. But see, uh Blackie, he'd gone. They they went. Men- Blackie walked off and said, "I'm not working with that. I'm not training with that." But it was it was one of them times where it just it just summed Dean up. It was it was superb. I, I loved it that's I unbelievable love that's love unreal
2: that. uh, you can't help but laugh at that i know i get why people would maybe you know in a 10 situation would would kind of see their backside but that's hilarious isn't it that's just yeah. uh, <laughs> it's just the the, the the lack of self-awareness there is just incredible you know yeah. you kind of yeah. people like it scratching two pennies together to to pay the mortgages and he's sweating because he's down to the last two million amazing yeah. that is amazing <laughs> <laughs> um you know, that, that season we that, yeah, obviously the season the, the first season you're at the club, we finish fourth and we, we end up you know, we we've Crawley win the league, that they've done they've done well. We finished fourth above Fleetwood, but we're behind Luton, so you know, kind of a playoff against Luton, which we yeah. don't end up coming through. I mean, they were always just horrendous games for us. I don't know what it was, going to Kenilworth Road or they were always just really yeah. grueling games. the fan base is two big clubs. Mm. Fan bases were always essentially at war with each other. Yeah. What were they like to play in?
3: Oh, I loved, I loved those type of games. It was, if you ask anyone in that, in that team, in that squad, those were the games that, that we all spoke about. I think we were we were all that type of type of character where the struggle would be going to uh who was in our was it was Bath in our league that time? Like that type of that type of venue where there wouldn't be hardly any yeah, fans. there were uh, yeah. the the pitch wasn't great, but as soon as it was like Kenilworth Road under the lights, full house. Maybe on a Tuesday night when it was really it was outrageously windy, uh, and I think we beat them one nil. But it was they were huge games that that everyone in our dressing room looked forward to. But like you say, they were they were battles because the likes of Luke were paying a lot of money at the time and had. Uh, that's some really good players. So, me personally, I loved them.
2: That the, do you do you remember kind of the mood at the end of that first playoff leg? Because we were obviously at home, we'd lost three 0 and it yeah. and it sort of felt like. Well, I mean, it, to a lot of the fans, it definitely felt like the tie is done. I, I remember when Mangan scored. In the in the second game, that we kind of thought maybe you know is this going to be like a an Istanbul yeah. type you know um, and yeah. then obviously they they scored twice but you know to come away from it having lost five one on aggregate given the quality of the squad we had I mean it 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 really felt like a missed opportunity that I think
3: yeah yeah it it, it did massively like like you say after the after the first leg when it was three uh, nil it was it was like a huge disappointment because you play. You play the whole season, which is the beauty of the playoffs. And and I do not not like the playoffs. I think it's great. But you play the whole season and then it comes down to two, three games. But like you say, it, it's one of them things. It's football, but it was a huge opportunity that that we missed out on. Uh, and we all knew that. We all looked at ourselves in the mirror and and took responsibility for what had happened. Uh, I don't think we, we sat down many a time. I don't think there was there was something that we could put like our finger on and say, that's why. It was just, I think Luton were just better than us on, on the day, on the two games. And, and that was that, pretty much. It,
2: it get, then gets to the end of the season. You've obviously been able to digest it as best you can you've got to go again haven't you no point yeah. sort of crying over it. it's uh-huh. it gone now was there kind of any situation where there was any interest in you to to go obviously you had a, a a good season or, or were you kind of itching to stay at Wrexham and think we just with so close to to get in there
3: yeah after that first season that's that I was just focused on on Wrexham I I hadn't spoke to. Uh, I didn't have an agent. I'd, I'd got rid of all that. So I was just focused on the, the, the task at hand. I was I was loving it. I was enjoying everything. It was obviously close to where I live, so it was uh, which is important for you to to be happy and in your football, uh, especially at, at the age I was at at the time. So I was I was loving it. I was just looking forward to to bringing on the next season and and seeing what what we could do with the with the group of players that we had.
2: Yeah, I was just kind of looking at I I can't help but every time I I think of this tech team I just think about the the amount of replies I got when I said I was speaking just my AB. Just the the yeah. I mean if I thought Marvin Andrews was a character he's just unbelievable but going into 2011-12 I mean it's famous now that that we finished that with 98 points. I mean when you look at that it it just felt like every game we went into more or less we we were going to win. It felt like the, the yeah. team you know when we spoke to Curtis Obbing he was saying it just felt like we were going to win every week. That's not trying yeah. to be arrogant, but it just felt like that, didn't it?
3: Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, just, a, it was just like a win, winning mentality that, that we had around the place at the time. It was, it was like even us talking about it now, I can feel the goosebumps come now because I, I remember that you, you, you grow a special bond when you have a season like that. And it was, just, it was like a joy to come into work every day and to train. Uh, you wanted to be around each other all the time. Uh, the the journey's back after a long away games on a Tuesday night. We'd have the music blaring. We'd have the speakers up in the back. Everyone would be around each other. There wouldn't be people sitting off, uh, sulking, or even the, the the lads who weren't involved. They wouldn't be sulking and slagging slagging us off to their missuses on the way back. But everyone everyone would be involved at the back, singing, dancing. It was. It was brilliant, and this we're talking about away trips on a Tuesday night where we weren't getting back till two in the morning. Everyone just loved it. It was it was a it was a great time to be there.
2: Yeah, I bet the players' coach was a fun place to. I mean, I don't know on those kind of things. Did you have a card school, or I mean, obviously different players prefer different things in terms of some like to keep to themselves and speak to players at all levels. Don't we? Myself and Rich yeah. do this, but I don't know what what was it kind of for the Wrexham lads at card school or poker or anything like that.
3: Yeah, well, we were quite lucky because because of the gaffer. He'd sorted out uh, one of the top coaches. I think it was, it might have been, I could be wrong, it might have been Liverpool's old coach that we, right. that we had. Uh, so we had the, the like leather corner seat at the back uh, and we had the two Playstations at the back and then we had the table seats all the way down and then the kitchen halfway down. So at the back would tend to be like Sizz, Curtis, I'd be stuck in the middle, but I never played computer games. So they'd be they'd be playing on the computer games. I'd just be annoying everyone, you know, the ones that are trying to sleep, <laughs> like actually <Ashley laughs> trying to sleep, you know, things like that, Keatsy. But uh, yeah, so we'd have a card school, we'd have music blasting, we'd have lads playing the, the PlayStation. But it, it wouldn't be like a lot of coaches are nowadays where there's certain sections where... People stay in and, and don't mix with the rest it, everyone had just been mixing with everyone it was uh yeah it was a really it was a really good enjoyable coach that we were on, and uh like i say a lot of, a lot of things went down on the coach fun times, so it was uh but yeah it was it was a great time to to be there
2: there's just so many characters in that team, so you know, I haven't really even mentioned Mark Crichton, who I was going to mention because I know that yeah. um let'll tell you i I'll, I'll save that story uh, one about mark Crichton but what I would be remiss I've got to ask you about this FA Cup run. So that that season we're we're winning all these games, we're playing amazing football, we get in the cup, and it gets to that second round. Obviously, you're so close to the third round, yeah. and, and this and the potential you know for yourself, the potential of Man United away or yeah. you know Arsenal yeah, or yeah. these amazing ties. So second round is important, and it's such a a dagger to the heart when you go out in the second round when you're a, a non-league team. We go down to Brentford, and I know this has kind of been told a bit, but it seemed like you got under Juve Roswell's skin even before the game had had, had got going. Yeah. And Ash, you were saying that he, you kind of were just in the tunnel, really ramping everyone up.
3: Yeah, it was... I, I don't know why. I, I started doing it in my younger days, but uh, when we got in the tunnel, it was all about, I don't know, like an in- intimidation thing where I'd be shouting to all all the different lads, so I'd stand near the back and be shouting the lads as we lined up with the, with the opposition team so they'd all be looking at looking at me going like is he all right he's crazy this kid but i'd be i'd be getting all the lads up and they started joining in so it, it became like a like a little thing that we did every game but then with the brentford one they left us waiting in the tunnel for it felt like it felt like 2 3 minutes but it might have only been 30 seconds or so but the the linesman was knocking on the door they weren't answering so in the end i just moved the linesman out of the way and started banging on their door saying come on come on we're ready you know doing all this stuff and yeah like you say there was an interview after the game where Juve Rosler was I think it was on BBC or something and he was saying that it reminded him of the, the crazy gang the Wimbledon days because he said a few of their lads looked a bit looked a bit nervous when they came out but yeah it was something we did uh, I don't, it worked it worked mm-hmm. that day uh, but yeah I used to enjoy being that being that character in there and because I, I, don't, I don't know if i'm that intimidating to look at but i try and get me voiced to, to, well, to you're saying
2: you're saying you and vinnie jones aren't basically separated at birth with this crazy guy <laughs> so you know, come off it you don't know what you're on about but yeah what's it, did i read did i read it right that you actually weren't or maybe someone told me but i don't know if you were actually that well in the build-up to that that week would you you'd well, been quite early it was, no idea no no guarantee you were going to even play in that game which is funny in hindsight now
3: yeah, I'd, uh, I'd only trained the one day, which was uh, the day before the game. So on the Friday, uh, I'd been ill uh, for obviously Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Thursday started feeling a bit little bit better, did, did a little bit of gym work. Uh, but I basically begged, begged the gaffer that I said, listen, gaffer, I'm, I'm fine. I'm good to go, even though I felt like It was, uh, it was one of them games that I thought... It was the, when I was growing up, the FA Cup was everything that was that was the cup you wanted to play. I know it's, it's died off a bit now, but the magic of it then was was incredible and I knew that that uh, we would bring loads of fans we'd pack that bottom end out uh, so I, I basically begged him saying listen gaffer I've, I've got to play I, I didn't give him any choice to pick anyone else
2: <laughs> yeah it, it, it's funny having, having been there Griffin Park it was I know obviously that Brentford don't play there now, but it was it was a, a really quirky ground in the sense that you felt like you were yeah. on top of the fans, felt like they were on top of the players. And I can imagine for the players, it was such a, you know, it was such a rowdy atmosphere. A lot of friends yeah. of mine were there that day. I mean, it, it, it comes to, and it was, a, it was a quite a lively start. You know, we, we didn't show any fear. I don't know whether that was just no, no. the tunnel antics had kind of, or we just believed, but we didn't sort of look at Brentford, like we're going to get knocked off here no. at all.
3: No, no. I, th- I think when, when we got Drew to play him, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't, uh, oh, no, we've got Brentford. Oh, we need to be on our... G-. It was, right, we're going to beat Brentford. We, we'll go there and we'll, we'll beat them. And, and like you say about the ground, the lads we had in the team, we loved them type of grounds where the fans were tight and we knew that, like I say, we'd bring and pack our end out so we knew that we'd hear, we'd hear our supporters and, and they'd be behind us. But we... we absolutely loved it and when we when it said Brentford away like I say we never never thought anything but beating them it was it was a a weird time to be at the club we just thought anything anything was possible bring on whoever you want
2: yeah it's it's a weird a a wonderful and wacky time as well but yeah we it gets to your crowning moment and that's you know that gets shown repeatedly and and loads Mm. of your former players former teammates love to love to play that I mean do you kind of still relive that goal in in in, in kind of in your mind, yeah. you think back to it? Because it's it it is a it is an unbelievable finish. I'm not trying to just you yeah. gash up because you're on it, but it is a, it is up there for your for your kind of career goals. Got to be, hasn't it, for for yeah. what it meant?
3: Yeah, yeah, and don't you worry, mate. I'm still showing that even in even in the job I'm doing now. I'm letting them know what's 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 this goal. But uh, yeah, I I still I show my son because he obviously he's only five so he's like he doesn't think his dad ever played football that much uh so i'm showing him a few things but it was yeah probably probably one if not the the best goal i've scored lucky i'm lucky that i have scored some decent goals over the years but but that one i think with with the game it was in the fa cup against a, a team a few leagues above uh it was just one of them one of them mad moments that I shouldn't even have been there. That was that was the main point. I should have been on the halfway line with, with the striker. But I don't know what it was. I just thought I'm, I'm taking a gamble here. And as soon as Fowles swung it in and the ball just dropped, it, it's a weird. I, I didn't think twice about controlling it or being boring and passing it back out. Or I just thought F- I'm gonna smash this. And uh, and yeah, and I couldn't believe it. Just flew in the top corner. And it was uh, yeah, it was one of them. And we we had the celebration that we talked about on the way up, where uh, we all lay on. I don't know if you saw it when we all lay really stiff on the ground. I don't know about that story.
2: Yeah, well, I, d- I don't know. I didn't know that it was. I, obviously, you could tell those things are a pre planned but I didn't. Re- I didn't ever re- really get the the meaning behind that, or kind of whose idea it was. It, it was it was it kind of yours that had come up with it, or who who uh, thrown that in the mix?
3: I think it was. I think it might have been uh, Cright and Fowles that. <laughs> had come up with because basically in that house that infamous house that people have mentioned we had a we had a lad, young lad uh, Trigger who was playing for us at the time uh, and he left his door ajar when he would got his girlfriend over and uh, he'd done his he'd done his knee so his knee was in a brace but I think she'd well they both got a bit carried away so she she'd got on top of him but he couldn't move so we just lay <laughs> as stiff as a board. So we said, if we score in this game, we'll do the stiff bang, which is what it was called. Right. And that's where it came from. So everyone just lay on their backs, just being stiff.
2: <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, what a celebration and story to cap off probably one of your you know greatest goals, especially at Wrexham. Yeah. Easily, easily the best goal. So yeah, do you remember? Do you remember much about the? The kind of the post game celebration, amazing. We're into the third round. Fans are dreaming. Of, you know, for us, we can just dream of United, Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, you, you can imagine the journey back up from London. Did you able to stay overnight in London, or was it straight back up and, and, and back? No, it,
3: yeah, it, it was straight back up. Uh, I remember doing the interview after the game. I think for for the, I think it was the BBC. They were showing the highlights on. And we were on the coach on the way back. We had the speakers up. I, I remember listening. We were listening to Trey songs all the way home, which a lot of the lads love listening to. Everyone was singing. There was people on the mic singing. It was, it was a great journey back. And I, I just remember that the highlights had been shown that evening and loads of my mates had watched it and messaged me saying, oh, you've just had a shout out from Inti on there. So when I got back in, obviously it was about two in the morning or whatever it was, I I couldn't sleep, so uh, I've just put it on. And, and he'd said, "Oh, yeah, one of one of my pals, uh, Jamie Tolly, scored this this great goal." Blah blah blah. So it was, it just the the day just kept getting better and better. It was, uh, but yeah, I was getting messages off every like one of my one of my good friends is uh, Joe Hart, so he was he was messaging. Uh, there was like Micah Richards messaging saying, "Oh, I've seen your goal. I've seen your goal." It was. It was just mad. It was a mad time.
2: Yeah, I've I've got a question about Joe Hart, but we'll leave that to the end. We'll kind of just yeah. work our way through. So did, did any of the players or did you watch that draw being made? Because again, obviously fans always watch the the, the balls in the hat and, and we end up getting Brighton. I yeah. mean, what was the kind of feeling around that for the players? Again, no it's no disrespect to Brighton, but it's uh it maybe wasn't the United Liverpool that we maybe could have got. Yeah.
3: Yeah, there's there's always that uh that saw you probably after when because I think Fowles and a few of the lads had gone into the ground to I think they were filming the draw. Mm. Uh, so I think a few of them, the, the lads who stayed in that house, I think they'd gone to the ground and there was there was some filming going on. But it was an, it was another draw where we thought it's away, it's down there, it's a brand new stadium, a good team. So it was but nothing, nothing that we feared. It was it was like, we'll go there and we'll get in round four and then we'll get this supposed, well, hopefully yeah, one of the big you, teams. You
2: hope then, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's one of, you know, easily one of my favourite ever games at Wrexham moments, you know, when when Chiz parts the defence, uh, like, yeah. you know, kind of like separate in the Red Sea and, and and he scores right in front of the away end. I loved it because, you know, they were serving Wrexham lager in the away end. So we were all, yeah. you know, yeah, all, yeah. The fans, all the fans were absolutely loving it. I mean, yeah. what was that like? Obviously, Mozza was, was kind of leading the line then and, and, and pulling yeah. the strings. Playing at the Amex, I mean, it was a way, it was a big day out for a lot of us. What was it like for yeah. you to experience that, that, that game?
3: Yeah, like, like I say, it was, it was, like I said, about the, the group of lads that we had going to, like, your, your Kenilworth Roads. It was, that was everything. Going to that stadium, all the lads were buzzing. Uh, and it was a brand new stadium as well. It, it was only a, was it a year mm, two years yeah, old something very new. Like that. so it was everything was new the dressing rooms were new so it it was it was brilliant and we the lads were all buzzing we had like joe clark there who was like a kid in a candy shop he, he couldn't believe it he's another great lad but yeah it was but we could have won it we should have won it when i when i look back and watch the game back there was i think clark, he had a chance himself in the first half that he almost scored and there was I had a I had a shot late on uh which the keeper saved and then I squared the next the rebound and Jake Spate missed did an air shot and he he could have won it it was it was, it was a it was a great game.
2: Yeah, great kind of two two games obviously we we get the replay and, and that was really what we were saying to Curtis sealed his his move and and again that that has that, <laughs> yeah. that has the knock that has the knock on effect for our for our season, and yeah, you know, poor old, poor old Danny Alfie getting, getting, the, getting the stick for just it, it not, it not kind of working. Yeah.
3: But that, that, yeah. that
2: second game when Moza rips it into the top corner in front yeah. of the, in front of the tech end as we know it. Yeah, what we you must have been thinking? We've, 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 done these in here. Like these are, you know, likes of Craig McHale Smith, Ashley Barnes, good players. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, good yeah. strikers. But yeah. we must have, we, we definitely felt watching it and, and being there that. God, we've got these on the ropes. They don't want to be at the race course rocking under yeah. the lights. Yeah, and then yeah. and then, for, then, for it to kind of go on to a shootout. A I yeah. don't know. What do, what, do you, what do you remember from that game?
3: I remember when Mozart scored, uh, thinking we were going to score again. I, I thought we were going to score from a corner. I, just, I had it in my head that Kreitz was going to score from. I said it to him before the game, I think, saying, I think you're going to score from. I just thought we'd overpower them in certain aspects of the game. And then Mozza steps up and, and sticks that one in the top corner. And it, it just enhanced our belief that, that we're going to beat these. That They haven't got anything that, that can hurt us. Obviously, they had... Uh, what's his name that was on the wing? Luolua, uh, was it? or No. Yeah, he played in the first game. Yeah, but that was, was it. Was it the lad, the lad that they signed from Rochdale? Uh, obviously played in the Prem. Can't remember. Was it Will Buckley? I think it was.
2: Yeah, that's the one. That's the one, well, yeah.
3: He was, I think, he was their their biggest threat on the day, uh, and he was probably the only one that w- that we thought might might bring them back into the game. But Ashley was doing a great job on him, and like I say, we we were just probably looking forward to getting our bonus because we were on a big we we <laughs> negotiated for a big bonus for that game, which is always a, a nice incentive as well. And we we were yeah we were looking forward to to the draw to, to round four and obviously like you say we we go to penalties I think I, I went off in extra time I think
2: yeah uh, would you have I taken absolutely... one would you have taken yeah. one if, if yeah. yeah you'd have, you'd have, you'd have yeah. stuck your hand up for one would you
3: yeah second one I would I've through through my career I've been in three I think it's three penalty shootouts and I've always took the second one uh, I haven't missed one yet mate either so not yeah I would have took one I would, I would have took one 100% but I was I remember in the in extra time, I was absolutely knackered. I think we'd done that much running. If, I'd, I'd love to see the stats on the, how much running, you know, we'd done probably that season because we were, we were a fit team and we, we covered every blade of grass. And I remember thinking I'm absolutely knackered here. And even after the game, I remember getting home after the game and I got cramped in both calves both hamstrings as I got out of my car and I just had to lie in the car park where I lived and it was pissing down in rain and I was just lying in my Rex and track tracksuit in a puddle on the floor because I couldn't bend my legs. I just, and I remember a neighbor looking out of the window thinking, what is this f- case? But uh I was that tired, but we, we'd worked so hard and it was, it was a bit deflating after, after that.
2: Yeah, I was thinking... Because obviously Glenn Little came on in that game, and and he maybe didn't need to do all the running, but he could just pick passes, and he he'd, he'd obviously remind you about the time he he faced Kaka, so he he just used that. He probably just yeah. probably, distra- probably distract probably distracted all the Brighton players with his stories. Probably he probably all right, yeah, but yeah. You, you know to kind of to t- to end that one. I mean, we obviously lose Keatsy. Bless him, is the one who has to have yeah. the kind of the, the frustrating part of being the person who who misses the decisive penalty. And then what was it? Newcastle for them in the next round, which obviously would yeah. have been would have been a belt. Was it Newcastle? I think it was at home, but it would have still been a belt yeah. of a game.
3: Yeah.
2: Then we then we're obviously back in the league, and I'm going to kind of rattle forward because we've been speaking. We could speak, buddy, for ages. Yeah, but know, kind yeah. of it, 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 we get to that 98 points, and I remember we were a Fleetwood away, and I think they could have sealed the league, and we managed to prevent it for an extra game. But yeah, 98 points, and then having to drop into the playoffs. Was that, I don't know, I'm not questioning players, but was it hard to kind of lift yourself again? Because we are 98 and to not do it. I mean, it, and then obviously to, to not make it in the playoffs, it must have been gut-wrenching. Yeah. It was for us and I'm sure it was for the players. Yeah,
3: it was It was because uh, we'd, we'd had a, a great season. We've amassed these points, which I'm not sure how many teams have, have got to that number of points. But to get that number of points and to not, to not do it, it was, it was it was so gut wrenching that we were, and and then obviously the pressure then going into the playoffs because we were the expected team hands down to to win every game and and go up into the, into League Two. It was just I think it was just an accumulation of, of different things that maybe maybe got in a few of the lads' heads. I, I don't know. It was just it was such a disappointing end to that season that. I think whenever we bump into each other, the lads from that team, we we always say, "How oh, the, how the f- didn't we win that?" Because I, I I still watch football all the time, obsessed with it, and I can't remember seeing like ninety eight points still. And I I'll always keep looking uh, to see if ninety eight points is there's anyone else that hasn't gone up with ninety eight points. But it was just our it was just our luck that Fleetwood had that that nugget up front.
2: Obviously we, we, we don't get don't get it get there in the playoffs and very obviously we've played well, we've lost curses, like I say, there's a lot of interest in a lot of the players. Did it I don't want to put words in your mouth, did it feel like a slap in the face to when he got offered a six month contract?
3: Yeah, it was it was a it was a funny time because at Christmas time there was we were we were negotiating a a contract for myself for like the next year and maybe two years. And then it came to the end of the season and I, I went in with Moza. Uh, I'm not saying I played amazing or, or I deserved this, I deserved that. But I thought I'd, I'd earn at least 12 months. And then he sat down with me and said, this is, this is the script. And I said, right. Uh, and I, I think I'd left there. My phone went. Uh, it was the Mansfield assistant manager. Who was Adam Murray, who was a former teammate of mine at Macclesfield. And he was just like, this is, this is what we want to offer you, which was double what Mozart had just offered me in wages wise. Uh, and it was on a 12 month contract with an option at the end of the 12 months. So I rang Mozer up straight away because, like I said, I didn't want to leave. Uh, and it, he, he couldn't really budge on anything. So he was just like, Well, you've got to, obviously, you've got to take it, mate. Because obviously, me and Mozzo were mates before he he mm. got the manager, and it was just it's just the way football is. You you have to take these these offers, really.
2: Yeah, fans aren't obviously privy to the, the ins and outs of these negotiations and and, and whatnot. But I, I can remember being quite a bit of frustration because of fans. I thought you, you'd played well, and keeping that midfield together was was key. Yeah. And Mansfield were one of the promotion rivals. Paul Cox wasn't it, and and, yeah, and Mansfield yeah. and and they'd they'd absolutely killed us when my AB concedes, you know, from the goal kick or whatever it was. Yeah, um, yeah, so yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a lot going on with Mansfield, a lot of emotions, and I don't know. When when you left, did you feel like you maybe didn't leave on on the, maybe the terms you'd have hoped? Obviously, I know that would have been promotion, but just with the fan base, you never really got to sort of say yeah. goodbye before you'd, you'd end up at Mansfield.
3: Yeah. It was it was still to this day. I wish that never had happened, uh, and. Even if Mozer listens to this, or I see him, I'll always say, "Mate, you should have offered me 12 months minimum." Uh, I, I told him at the time, "I'm like I said, I'm not saying that I should have. I was amazing. I deserve this. I deserve that." But I thought with with the season that we'd had, whether my form had dipped or or whatever, I think I'd done enough to to warrant that 12 months. And it, it was, I never had it in my head about leaving. It was it was never something that I thought about. I thought we would just build for the next season and then lo and behold they go to Wembley twice, which is just my just just my luck.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I didn't want I really didn't want to bring it up. I really didn't because I know that that is if, if that was me, I'd I, I that would be a, a tough one to to swallow because yeah, you know it, you'd have been in, you you know you'd have been in that team and you know you'd have you know you'd have been up there up Wembley steps. Um but yeah, I don't know. It, fo- you know football's a sliding doors situation, yeah, it isn't is, it?
3: Of course it is yeah it is
2: um but we're talking we we're talking earlier about about joe hart and i wanted to check if this was true so obviously you the, we knew the story that you you lived with joe hart didn't you for yeah a while in his you would yeah. obviously signed for city and and uh i remember when i when i lived sort of that way and and i would go because you lived in boden didn't you which is yeah. if i do say uh-huh. so if anyone doesn't know that is uh plush i'll say it's very nice yeah, <laughs> yeah um yeah. I mean, what do they call it? Like millionaires row? Right? Yeah, something like that, isn't it? It's it's yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's fancy. I'd say that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you obviously lived there, and you had a good relationship with him from from your days at Shrewsbury. Is is it true that you ended up going out to Euro twenty sixteen with Mark Crichton? Did Joe Hart yeah. sort you yeah,
3: out? Yeah. Or t- some yeah. Tickets, yeah. Something like that. We'd, we'd always talked about going. Uh, I'd always said to him that I'd I'd want to go to a tournament and watch him in a tournament. Obviously, being mates with Cright from the Wrexham days. He'd always expressed that he wanted to do that. So when it was in France, it was a it was a no brainer. Joe was playing. Wales were in the group. Me being obviously playing for Wales. Uh, Joe playing for England. Dave Edwards play, was playing for for Wales as well. Uh, so it was a, it was a no brainer. And as soon as soon as it came about, I was like, mate, I'm I'm coming over. So you need to get me some tickets. So yeah, he he hooked us up with some tickets and. Uh, we went to the, the Wales game.
2: Yeah, I mean, kind of, God, I, 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 I dread to think of the, the fun you and Mark Crichton had in Lille, take it with all the Wales fans. I mean, uh, yeah,
3: yeah. A, a, a memorable trip, let's say. Yeah, there was there was actually a video that went viral around the world. There was uh, some Welsh fans that we bumped into. I don't know whether they were from Wrexham. They were from near Wrexham and we bumped into them. We'd, be, we'd been drinking all day. And they ended up jumping in this infamous fountain that everyone was jumping into, uh, and we stripped the guy, so we stripped him off as he's jumping into this fountain, and the video just went just went viral around the world through these football fans. <laughs> this Welsh guy, just fat Welsh guy, naked that we'd stripped, and I remember seeing me trying to get out with a camera quickly, but it was, uh, yeah, it was a great time. Even the even the the game the game day we we got to where the game was being played which was just a quiet little town and obviously it had been took over with English and the Welsh and we got into this pub and everyone was subdued quiet by by kickoff it was just before kickoff it was bedlam I remember tops were off it was it was boiling hot oh, it was it was just one of them times that i'll I'll never forget.
2: I feel like wherever you go, clothes seem to disappear. If it's not, yeah, uh, I'm, yeah I'm that by. You, you've got you've got quite a, a habit of just ending up in situations where clothes are off, uh, which <laughs> yeah. wasn't in my which wasn't in my sort of Jamie Tolly starter pack of questions I had. But there you go, we we learned something. I'll tell you what, then maybe just to round us up because it's been on for about an hour. Should we just do yeah. some? Quick fire ones about teammates. You know, we don't need to. We've got loads of stories, and maybe we can get you back on after another 30, 40 yeah, episodes no problem, and, and mate, do yeah. some stories. But who, who was the funniest teammate you had?
3: Uh, apart from myself.
0: Apart from yourself, would, yeah. Uh,
3: at the Wrexham time, I would, I would. Funny wise, we had, we had loads. Uh, I would the people that made me laugh the most was like Pogba, Jocelyn, like that type of weird, unique, <laughs> unique characters. Like the stuff they used to have for breakfast was, was bizarre, hot chocolate with a loaf of bread. It was like, what, <laughs> dipping, dipping the loaf of bread in his hot chocolate. But two, two real funny kids and, uh, yeah, two great lads.
2: Who, who was the tightest with money then on, on these nights out? Anyone stand out as being particularly
3: cheap? There's always one or two. Yeah, th- th- I'd say... Keatsy and Ashy stand out, but I think they were just sensible. I think right. the, the sensible, the sensible ones stood out because everyone else was a nutcase when when it came to going out. But uh, yeah, they, they stood out as obviously the the sensible ones.
2: Who, who do you think the most talented player at Rexton that you played with was?
3: There was there was a number of good players. Mangi was a was a great player on his day. Mm. Was a great player. Uh, fouls. Lee Fowler, because I, I, I literally I say it all the time in, in interviews that I've done that if he if he had sorted his head out, sorted his his drinking out, and I've said it to him many a time, mm. he would have been in the Premier League. No, he could do anything. He was he was that good. Either foot, his brain was was incredible. So I I'd have to go with him because he was I think if he had have sorted his head out, he'd have been in the Prem.
2: Yeah, I mean, here, here on that unbelievable, t- you, you could just be able to pick a pass, you know, with with so much ease. You could just ping balls all over yeah. the shot. Um,
3: yeah.
2: What, what what was your best memory with Wales? Obviously, you said you had like twelve, thirteen caps with the under twenty ones. I mean, kind of what what was your best memory from those times?
3: Uh, it, it would it would have to be scoring scoring against Italy uh, at Ninian Park. So we in our I think it was the European qualifier. We'd, uh, we'd got Italy and it was being held at Ninian Park so it was the, obviously the old ground uh, so we had, I don't know if you'd ever been there it was not the old
2: ones no not the old no, one
3: but. It, it was it was one of them grounds that you say where everyone's on top of you it was it was formidable when we went there uh, but yeah I scored this it was raining I remember it because Joe Dave they'd all paid for a minibus to come down from Shrewsbury to Cardiff to watch the game and and uh, I think it was Adam Adam Birchall who, who was playing for Arsenal at the time. He'd gone down the right. I remember it like it was yesterday. Gone down the right hand side, and he'd saw me. I'd ran off, and the guy I ran off was playing for Roma at the time, and I was at Shrewsbury. I ran off the back of this this guy who was playing for Roma, couldn't keep up with me. And uh, Birchall had played this ball back, and it was like I say, it was it was raining, and he played it. Across from like my right hand side, so I let it come across me onto my left and right footed, and I've just side footed it from about twenty yards across the keeper into the top corner, and it was, <clears throat> it was one of them, one of them goals that I never score ever ever again, but it was just, yeah, that that's that's probably one of the standouts. Oh, another that's one. I have got another one.
2: Go on, go for it.
3: <clears throat> uh, We've been out. The the year I was there was Robert Earnshaw, Danny Gavadon, James Collins. And Earnshaw at the time was like a a legend in Cardiff. He was scoring all the goals, scoring 30-plus goals a season. He would said to me, "Lad, let's go out into Cardiff. Let's go out. like I've I've got these hookups in Cardiff. Get us in everywhere. So I said, yeah, yeah, go on then. So we were sitting in the hotel with the first team, 21s and the first team. So we'd snuck back in about 3 a.m. because we were only supposed to be doing set pieces in the 21s. So we knew it'd be just a, a jolly up. so I remember coming down for breakfast in the morning I'd skip breakfast actually, coming down to meet get on the coaches, put my hood up, thinking, "Oh, I'll get away with this." As I'm walking to the coach, I've heard, "Tolly, tolly!" So I've looked up, and Mark Hughes stood there and he said, "You're training with us?" And I thought, "Oh my lord!" I'm sure I, I stink of alcohol, here, but I'm, so I've walked. Walked to the first team coach, which was at the front. He's gone, yeah, you're training with us. So I've worked myself up that much that I'm feeling sick on the coach as we we're on the way to train. Like Giggsy's behind me, all these all these players are behind me, and I swear to God, it was the best training session I've ever had in my life.
2: Really? But I think
3: it. Was, I think because I was still half pissed, <laughs> I was mad, and I remember thinking I was on Craig Bellamy and John Arsen's team. And I was screaming at them like like they were my mates, like pass me the ball, pass me the ball. But I think that was, that was pure, I don't know what it was. It was, but yeah, it worked out pretty well.
2: <laughs> Unreal. And then I'll tell you we'll, I kind of what we'll do as the last one. If you know, obviously, Wrexham fans have been desperate to hear from you. It's been some unbelievable stories, and we'll definitely have to get you back on another time. I think there's a lot more that we can talk about that yeah. doesn't just revolve around Aberystwyth, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, what what would your message be to the, to, the, to the Wrexham fans? Obviously, you you left at the time, and maybe you didn't get to speak your mind then. But with with the benefit of hindsight, and you can look back on your time, what would you say to the fans about just about that that period and and kind of that your enjoyment with it?
3: Yeah, I, I would just have to say that uh, thanks, basically, because they accepted me in, which they didn't have to, because like I say, the the rivalry was was so intense between the Shrewsbury. And uh, Wrexham when we were in the league together, and I'd scored, which didn't help. I'd scored in the Shrewsbury v Rexham derbies, so it was. I'd have to say thanks to them for for accepting me and and obviously cheering it, cheering us on and singing my name and the way they were with me around the town when they saw me, and it was like I say, it was a, it was a club that I looked back over my career and I loved it. I enjoyed going there, enjoyed training, enjoyed the town. The fans were great. It, and and like I said, I, di- I didn't want to leave there. Didn't want to move. It was just the way Mozza's fault. So tell the fans just to blame him. It was his fault. And uh yeah, it was just that's the way football goes, I guess. But I'm going to blame Mozza, So blame him, fans. Blame him.
2: Yeah, it's easy easy just to blame Moza. And look, you know the good the good times you'd hope now are back. It's it's a crazy time at Wrexham. If We thought that was a a wild ride oh. getting to the third round of the FA Cup. You'd have thought, you know. Hollywood owners, I don't think we can compete. Oh my god! I don't think we can compete with some of your stories that I know you've got stored up for another day. But
3: yeah,
2: uh, yeah, what a time! I mean, you must have sort of seen the the, the bedlam that's that's following oh the club now. God, it's crazy, yeah. isn't it? Imagine if you were yeah. a player now in that team.
3: Oh, I was just gonna say, I'd love to be there. I'd be begging to be, you know, in their movies or something. But uh, yeah, it's it's a great time that they're doing well. Uh, I hope it's I hope it's the season that that gets them back up into into the league and they they go on because like i say that everyone knows it's a sleeping giant hence why these two these two uh movie stars have, have took a punt on it because it is a sleeping giant and if they do get them back into the league then who knows where they can go
0: it's the 90th minute all your mates are around you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.